Welcome back to the Joke Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 69. Dad, episode 69 also gets to be our trade deadline recap episode. Yes, everything happened. I don't know why TSN comes on so early because they might as well come on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because that's when things happen. I did bring that up to you. So TSN and for the trade deadline coverage, they started at 8 a.m. this morning Right. with trades from the night before to talk about yep and then pretty much i think the first trade was around noon or one o'clock yep and then nothing until right at three o'clock and then a spew of pretty pretty blockbuster deals right and sportsnet they came on at noon and although i don't necessarily love their panel and how they discuss things they at least left a little more time and it was just funny to go back and forth and now i used to love the tsn insiders now I find the Sportsnet guys, at least with a little more personality, Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnston. Right. CBC guys mixed in with Sportsnet guys. Yeah, it's a it's a good group there. So we'll talk about all the trade deadline moves. We'll talk about the Masters, uh, some controversy in the MLB, a surprise M- ML, or, uh, not MLB, NFL retirement, and uh, I guess just whatever happened in the weekend in the NBA. We'll start with the trade deadline. Instead of going through each trade and all of the uh, all the picks and going back and forth, because that's the majority of what these trades were, I just decided to break it down by division and the contenders in that division, the moves they made. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, so I think out of the North division, I think Toronto has to be the big winners because they took the biggest swing. Yeah, they they got the Wayne Simmons that they should have got three years ago. And in Nick, terms of Nick, Nick Foligno. Foligno. Yeah. They also picked up, and to me, this was fascinating to get Dave Riddich, who was killing the Leafs all year with Calgary, for a third-round pick, nothing huge. I think that more just tells of what's going on with Freddie Anderson. Yeah, he's not ready. It, to me, if you wouldn't pick up three goalies if, you know, you thought. Usually two solid goalies and you're good going into the playoffs. If you need three, Anderson's probably not going to be ready. Or they don't have confidence in him. I was gonna say to making making that move. I, I don't. I can't imagine he's back for the playoffs. If you make a move like that, Riddich is a good yeah. one B. Yeah, yeah, he's the good guy, good guy. If Gamble can't play every game because again, they're load management with him, right? For yeah. whatever injury he's got. So, and then a couple of their other smaller moves. They traded for Ben Hutton, a little more defensive depth. depth yep. No, those those two moves are what puts the Leafs in even more contention than they already are. Yeah, exactly. The second, I guess, because third and fourth aren't really winners. Montreal made a couple of pretty good moves, I'd say. They took from both of our teams. They yep. got John Merrill from Detroit and Eric Gustafson from Philadelphia. Depth. Just more depth. For the Flyers, I'm surprised they couldn't get more for Gustafson. Yeah. Especially Probably retaining salary. Playing. He wasn't playing. So it was just He's, to get rid of. and Yeah let a younger guy get into that spot yeah exactly because uh yeah he's unrestricted at the end of the year anyway so uh so the last two teams and really the only two playoff teams out of the north edmonton and winnipeg which move do you like better uh edmonton picking up kulikov or winnipeg picking up jordy ben neither really i i thought both teams should have did a little bit more not because of what they did do but what they didn't do and what the leafs did you, uh, you almost think they'd have to compete with what the Leafs did. That's the way I kind of look at it. They should have got another higher-end defenseman, like uh, Ghost from the Flyers. He's available. 
Yeah, I I don't I think that would have been more of a move for Winnipeg because I think Edmonton has enough of them those yeah, offensive yeah. defensemen. Yeah, no, sorry, and that's what he meant, Winnipeg. And Edmonton, it just doesn't. There obviously wasn't a goalie out there because I don't think Calgary would have given them Riddich. I just don't think there was a goalie out there for Edmonton to get. Darcy. Yeah, but Trigger. then you don't know if he's hurt. Yeah. Um, in the East, really. The four teams, again, have really separated themselves. Who would you consider the winner out of the East Division, just in terms of the moves the, they the made? The trades, um, I would say probably the Islanders. Which is, funny enough, the team I wrote first because they made their moves before the deadline and then added another depth player. So they obviously got Zajac and Palmieri last week. They also traded for Braden Coburn from Ottawa for, I think, a conditional seventh-round pick. And Coburn was... On he's been on playoff teams. Yeah, he's pretty much been a winner everywhere he's been after he left the Thrashers. I think is that where yeah. the Flyers got him from. Yeah. Um, and Lula Morello, um, sneaky, sneaky bugger that guy is because he did this back when New Jersey won the Stanley Cup in the uh, strike shortened lockout shortened season. Made all these moves ahead of the deadline as well. And guess what? He won the Stanley Cup there. It's also the deadline is just it's not really the deadline anymore. It's the couple weeks leading up, especially in this year where you're going to get in the North Division, you're going to get a guy and you have to wait a week for him to get into the lineup. Yeah, there's a few weird things. That's one of them for sure. The other one is I I I just think some teams shied away because, yeah, we know how good we are in our division, but we don't know what we need to match up against the Tampa Bay. Like, you can, like, I guess you can look at tape, but really you have to play a team, right? Because uh, it's almost like, you know, when Toronto plays Tampa Bay, they can beat them, but when they play Boston, they just can't seem to beat them, even though Tampa Bay is first, Toronto is second, and Boston is third, or whatever the order, right? Yeah. You play them so you know what you need or what you don't need. I, to me, it's just, I think that's why there was a lot less deals on top of the fact no team has any salary cap room, so you're looking for third teams. It almost felt like an NBA um, trade deadline. Where they had to have salary retention in order to make these moves. Right, yeah. Or you need another team to take some salary and get a draft pick or something out of it, right? I know the Red Wings did that. Yeah, they did it a few times. I'm yeah. surprised. The few guys I'm surprised they didn't get rid of were like a Mark Stahl, Luke Lindenning, Jonathan Bernier. For sure. Those three I thought for sure were gone. So when they sent those two guys packing before them, I went, well, they're going to lose half their team here. The other thing I think I've been a little bit soured on now is only playing in your own division. I think it's cool. <laughs> and now I just think, and I, I, I think the Leafs make this move and it, it feels like they're trying to build up to play Boston again. And right. we might not see it until the conference finals or it's possible. It's a Stanley cup final matchup, which is so weird. So, yeah, I guess that's my question. So who would be the semi-final matchups do we know or is it not set like so it it'll be the end of the year of um i guess i think they would reseed them i'm pretty sure okay so it doesn't go by division then so the east doesn't play no. the canadian division in the semi-final no it, it would just oh wow so that kind of opens up a little bit eh? that, that's going to make it harder for my uh my picks because I, I i originally had uh colorado and uh Tampa Bay, then I thought, well, they can't play in the final. 
but I guess they can. It, it would be possible. I th- so I think lots it's, of scenarios here. I think it's whoever comes out of the second round, all of their like points, right? When they would rank them then one to four. Gotcha. Sorry, and I meant Carolina, Colorado, because that's who I picked last year. Yeah, um, that's who I'm going to pick again this year. Oh, did I? So they can play each other in the I th- final. I think I did Philly, Carolina last year. I really believed in your Flyers. Um, outside of the Islanders, I mean. The Penguins did make a small move. Does it does it hurt to see Jeff Carter becoming a Pittsburgh Penguin? Yeah, it does a little bit, for sure. I was wondering because it's been a few years, but like he was a part of that team, the yep. Flyers franchise for a while. Oh, absolutely he was. Yep, yep. And now he's a crosstown rival. That's right, with Hextall. Yeah. That, that feels funny, too. <laughs> uh, the Bruins, which are the winners just because they came up with the most ridiculous trade. And I think Buffalo is already the losers of the season. And yeah. Getting trading Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar for Andres Bjork, who wasn't even playing for the Bruins, right? Healthy scratch and a second round pick. Can't even get a first round pick. That's how bad Mr. Hall was playing this year. And like Columbus got two first round picks out yeah. of the guys they traded. Nick right. Felino got a first round pick. Yeah. So it goes to show you, like, nobody wanted him. Really. I, I don't think there was much interest. Because how long did Hall sit out for? Usually you, you're scratched. If you're a superstar, you're scratched one game because there's an imminent deal happening. He he missed two games. And they had a day off or whatever. Then it's trade deadline day. So, yeah, they the Sabres, I don't think, were working from a position of strength. No. And Hall's, Hall's trade history now, because outside of signing with Buffalo, he goes from Edmonton to New Jersey and that horrible one for one for Adam Larson. Right. And then that doesn't look like such a bad trade now. No, honestly, <laughs> at least Adam Larson's playing for the yeah, Oilers. Yeah. Like what Buffalo, I guess, Probably just, has the same amount of goals. Isn't he out for the year? Uh, the Clef Bomb is out for the oh, year. Oh, Clef Bomb, right. He's I wonder a, how many goals he's got. He's probably tied with. Oh, boy. Taylor Hall. That's, that's, yeah. that's also Boston picked up Mike Riley from the Senators. And now, I, wasn't he with Boston before? I'm. Is it the same Riley? Uh, I meant to I'll, ask you that. Sorry. No, no, no. I'll look it up because I um, was. It sounded familiar. Yeah. It honestly sounds like a guy though. Mike Riley. That sounds like a very Sabres name. No, uh, uh, Boston. Sorry, I, was, I thought he played for Boston before. Oh, Riley. I thought they had a defenseman. Um. No, apparently not. Oh, oh okay. no. Yes. Okay. Uh, doesn't even say he was drafted. Drafted by Columbus. Played for Boston, Minnesota, Montreal, okay. Ottawa. Okay. Bounced around a little bit. Um. Depth moves. Boston's in, 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 I'll tell you, they're in a world of hurt. I was going to say the like, amount they lost of injuries. The Flyers. the Flyers aren't a good team. I'll tell you that right now. And the Flyers beat them. And then they get smoked by the Islanders on Sunday, 8-1. Uh, wasn't that? I think that was Washington. Washington. There you go. Still. still yeah. Losing 8-1. And then I looked at their team today because I wanted to see, oh, where is Taylor Hall going to fit in this lineup? And they're missing so many guys that are on injury reserve. Duke Rask isn't playing right now. It's uh, Dan, Darth Vader. Right, and Halak's out with COVID. And Pasternak's non-existent. Like, the, he did, like, I don't know, the Flyers lost. Because no one beats the Flyers eight times in a row, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, he non-existent. They, like, at the end of the game, I, I had to, I seen him out there when they had pulled their goal. I went, oh, he was in the lineup. It's one of those games. Yeah. Just usually he's good for two or three goals. Like, he's always out there, right? Even if he's not scoring. Chances. Yeah, chances. This is a big thing. Non-existent. Didn't see him out there at all. Like, again, Bergeron, Marshawn, yep. But, yeah, just 
I don't know, maybe you put those guys back together now with Hall being there. To supplement that second line yeah. with Krejci. It, it does make sense. Yep. Um, Washington, another team that stole from both of our teams. They'll start. Yep. You you do lose Michael Raffle. Solid player, just not having a good year again. So I think he's got a year left on his contract. So I think, like I texted you earlier, now the Flyers can go out and get their seven or eleven million dollar player if there's one available this summer because they'll have room now. I don't. I was trying to think because before when the Flyers did offer sheets, wasn't that Paul Holmgren that would make those moves? Yeah. I wonder if Chuck Fletcher would be as aggressive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who who offers sheet who's up out yeah, there. Yeah, I, I know. It's kind of the one thing. Well, we have a lot of podcasts. We can start <laughs> doing that once our teams are officially eliminated. I guess so. We can even do it before the playoffs. But <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to see who's available this summer. But I guess the the thing is going to be our owners willing to spend. Right, because at least in the states you're getting fans now. Yeah. In Canada, I don't know if they're going to allow them at all this year. That that'll be really disappointing if Toronto Montreal plays in the first round and there's no fans there. Wow. Yeah, that it would just be such a letdown because, and it's something I wanted to bring up later. The play, like what the playoffs would be today, and we would get Toronto Montreal mm-hmm. and. The fan bases hate each other. Who wouldn't Who wouldn't want to see even, honestly, 2,000 fans? I think right. in those arenas right. would be loud enough. 1,000 of Leaf fans on one side and 1,000 of the Montreal fans on the other. Yep, that's, that's okay with that. the energy you need. And I wanted to procrastinate it as long as possible, but the Red Wings traded Anthony Mantha. When I first saw it, I just thought, why? And I think I said it on here. It's He's a part of the group I didn't want to see. Yeah, I, I thought he was part of the future. To be honest with you, and he's he's played well. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I, I'm assuming Washington went to Iserman and said, "Okay, who do you got available?" And Iserman probably said, "Whoever you want, except for Larkin." Yeah, I that, would think right. I, that would and probably be the only untouchable. I'm sure, right, and I'm sure the phone calls he's receiving were for Bernier, Stahl, and Glendening, and maybe even Helm. I thought all four of those guys. I thought at least three of those four would be gone by, especially today. They're, they're such playoff for playoff yeah, type of guys. Exactly, but again, it goes to show you where teams are. I think reluctant for more than one reason because we played in our own original six season this year, and right. We don't. It's it's almost like the Russians in '72. We have no idea what we're gonna run into, and the owners don't want to spend. Yeah, and I the one thing I have never wavered on is putting my faith in Steve Eiserman, and he built that Tampa Bay franchise that looks like they could be on their way to a second straight Stanley Cup. As much as Julian Brisebois has done now, Eiserman built the foundation of that team. Right, and if Mantha wasn't a part of it. I I just have to put the faith there. I'm interested interested to see though now because the Red Wings get Richard Ponick, uh Yakovrana who I love. I think he's gotten very maligned in Washington, but I think he's right. still a talented player. And I think uh Panic has another year left on his deal. He's like he he was on waivers. He's he's an NHL player. At yeah, this yeah. point he's just a body. Be, right, but you'd be your sixth guy in Detroit. Yeah, he's a uh, right? yeah, that's a top six forward. Um, also getting a first round pick and a second round pick, getting a first round pick this year again is just kind of magic beans, especially right. Washington seems like they're building their way to a deep playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing to win now, but as tough it is, as it is to see Mantha go, I think that's a really good haul for a player like that. Yeah, no, for sure. It just would be interesting to see where he steps in, in Washington. 
especially with a guy like Tom Wilson who can be in and out of the out of the lineup at any point in time. Yep. It seems like he's at least a not necessarily a replacement. He's not as physical as Tom Wilson, but he's at least a big body. Right. In the Central Division, this is a complete arms race and yeah. it's so unfair and I I can we could never perfectly recreate the reaction I told you when David Savard in a three-team deal with Columbus and Detroit is going to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Like that's Eiserman's little wink wink to his old team really cuz he's he helped he may have just right there helped Tampa Bay win the Stanley Cup. David Savard, who uh, John Cooper has already said is going to be on a pair with Victor Hedman, yeah, which that's not fair. That's the Tampa Bay. I think before this trade, I would say, I would argue they have the best decor in hockey already. Yes, and then they add Savard, and yeah. now they're. I looked at their pair, so it's Hedman Savard, then it's uh, McDonough, uh, Chernak. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I looked at it now. I forget, but Mikhail Sergachev is on the third pair right. on the left side. Right. That's just such a. They also added Frederick Clayson, who is just a pretty much depth. AHL depth guy. Yep. Florida. I'm. I actually, although Tampa Bay got Savard, I think I was most impressed with Florida going out there. They signed Nikita Gusev, who was released from his contract right. with New Jersey. Sure, yeah, just that's a good deal. Free player out yep. there. Yep. They can afford it. They also traded on Saturday for Brandon Montour, basically yep. another Ekblad replacement. Yep. Because. At this point, it doesn't seem like he's coming back no, for the year. No, And then they get Sam Bennett, who Sportsnet had the most interesting reaction to Sam Bennett because if you think he's a top six guy, then your team isn't going to do well. But if he's a bottom six and has a role to play, then he could be effective. Right. Which I I never really saw him as a skill kind of guy. But if he's on your yeah. third or fourth line in Florida, he'll be good for the playoffs. Yeah, I could see him on the third line there. It, it, in florida yeah, yeah especially in like a shutdown penalty kill type yep. of role if they yep. give him that opportunity yeah he actually might excel there is he unrestricted i'm assuming uh i don't think so i don't no, th- he's still signed i'm just I, surprised calgary would let him go then and, and it's funny because i think we, i said it last episode that his minutes have gone up with daryl sutter even though he requested the trade earlier mm. this year so that's true yeah it's I, to me if the interesting part for calgary who sold and did pretty well for themselves in the deadline where they just needed to get rid of assets yeah i wonder if this is maybe kachuk or goudreau who gets more minutes now without sam bennett right or just more milan lucic minutes right uh carolina was the quietest out of the big three in this group oh i also forgot to mention that uh florida made these moves and it goes back to the trade last week with chicago because they got rid of brett Connolly's salary oh, okay so that gave them the room to make these trades gotcha uh, Carolina made one trade, and it was trading Hayden Flurry to Anaheim for Yanni Hakapana. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, right-handed shot defenseman depth is pretty much what a lot of these good teams. There was no high-end talent outside of even. I think Felino is a bit of a stretch for high-end talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't be. He'll be. He'd be like a third-line guy. I would say with Toronto. That's that I was I was gonna bring that if you wanted to put him with Matthews and Marner I guess I feel like the last the game against Ottawa which we'll talk about and then even tonight against Montreal Galchenyuk's played pretty well on that line yeah uh so Carolina just made that one small move Nashville who we thought was gonna be sellers then right. went out and got Eric Goodbranson yeah I, they're in a playoff spot so it yeah, does make yeah. sense yeah. 
Uh, Chicago kind of half sold, half bought. Yeah, it was weird. If you're a Blackhawks fan, like uh, I'm not sure what direction they're going in there. Getting Adam Gaudet from Vancouver is, I guess, a good move. It's a change of scenery for a young guy. If you're not getting Jonathan Taves back at this point, I, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Right, and I guess they were they made a hard push for Bjork, that just got traded to Buffalo. I guess like I was listening to the Fan Five Fifty Buffalo station, or it's not Fan. I don't know Five Fifty anyway. WGR Five Fifty, <laughs> uh, and Nick was on there, Kiprios, and he was talking about I guess. Uh, he was really, really wanted by um, by the Blackhawks for some reason. They thought he was going to be a top six guy. That Oh, Bjork? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So they were saying that he might go from Buffalo to the Blackhawks today, but that didn't happen. And it also seems like, so the three teams that are battling for that fourth spot because Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina switch first, second, and third every single day. Yeah. The two team Nashville and Chicago bought, Dallas, their trade deadline is getting back Tyler Sagan. Right, kind of like Tampa Bay getting Kucherov. Yeah, magically magically back for the first round of the playoffs. Uh, in the West, only two teams really bought. And Vegas, the only reason I count bought is because they traded for Matias Yanmark from Chicago. A third, fourth line guy. Nothing right. nothing crazy. crazy yeah. Colorado was the team who I think everybody could agree is in the top two or three in the league of just cup contenders absolutely and they go out and they make a movie really like Devin Dubnik absolutely they they needed depth there because that's why they didn't win last year yeah they figured that out they also got Patrick Nemeth from Detroit who I'm pretty sure was playing for Colorado within the last couple of years right and they also reacquire Carl Soderberg. That's a good move, I think. If you're getting, yeah. A, That's good depth. From Chicago, you get a third, fourth line center out yeah. of that. And your centers are McKinnon, Kadri, and uh, Soderberg and Belmar in whatever order you want. Right. That's built to be a playoff team. For sure. Um, so, winners and losers. I feel like the biggest winner... I guess it's Toronto because they were already good and now it looks like they get better and build for yep. the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, any other win? Actually, and Florida. I would say Florida is my other winner yeah. because of just the swing they're going. I, I'd also include the Islanders, personally. Yeah, that's it's replacing Andrews Lee. Yeah. That's the best With way you two. could. Yeah, yeah. Uh, losers, I mean, Buffalo. Buffalo's oh, a big loser. Absolutely. Yeah, so they they just, I think, thought they were starting the rebuild, and now they're starting again. They I, haven't made the playoffs 10 out of the last 12 years. I didn't realize it was that bad. I'm honestly surprised they've made the playoffs. Like they, And they've been last four out of the last seven years. Again, getting all this listened to 550. <laughs> Because, of course, five, 590 was only talking about the Leafs on trade deadline day, not talking about anybody else. Yeah. At least 550 was talking about other teams. How much? Like, I, I get Felino. Like, did they spend an hour talking yeah, about it, Mike Felino? Yeah, it was just, yeah, where is he going to play in the line? He's a character guy. He's better than Hall because Hall, if he's not scoring, isn't affecting the game where um if um Felino's out there he can hit he can kill penalties which is absolutely true yeah right he's the Wayne Simmons of 2014 yeah maybe not as much of a goal scorer 
but he can do a little bit more, right? If he's not scoring, he can do other stuff. Yeah, and Columbus, he had to be their number one left winger, and now he right. gets to take a bit of a smaller role, a penalty kill, and yeah. be more of a defensive-minded guy. And he was guy. a captain, so I think that helps, too, having that kind of leader in the room. How about losers? I'm trying to – I think – Edmonton and Winnipeg, you said, are both pretty big losers for not doing more. Yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah, for Winnipeg, yeah, like, the ghost was available. Like, again, the way things are going, it could have probably been, like, a fourth-round pick and maybe holding on to some salary. He's making 4.2, but... Retain half of that. Yeah, or a quarter of it, something. They they could have made a deal there. I'm also going to say Carolina, not because they're... Or Stoll, sorry. From Detroit to go to Winnipeg. Wow. I didn't even think of that. That's a perfect... Like, to me, when I looked at that Winnipeg, they showed their depth chart. They needed a second pair of left-shot defensemen to play with Neil Pionk. And Jamie Benn's a third set, not second. And that's where they lost Yeah, to me. Carolina, not because they're bad. And I don't think they're coming out worse. They just didn't Didn't really... Yeah, didn't make anything. But maybe they don't need anything, to be honest with you. Like, they have three goalies. So you don't need a goalie move. No. Right? Defensive Their defense group. are solid. Like, they got rid of a guy because he wasn't playing. Yeah. They didn't... Yeah, I guess calling them a loser isn't really fair. I just am but, interested that they gave they up on Hayden Fleury. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I would say, because I, I don't want to say I'm cheering for the Hurricanes, but I really think they have a good shot at it. It's And they have money available. They could have went and got that, you know, the that Eric Stahl. It would have been nice to see there. And Mark. They could have got both of them. They could have brought the stalls back together. <laughs> that would have been, I think, everybody, everybody, in the league, everybody in the league would have cheered for Carolina to see all three stalls win a cup together. Yeah. I think Mark's the only one that doesn't have one. Because Jordan yeah. has one with the Penguins. That's right. and yeah, he's only been in New York, Mark, mostly. Uh, um, sorry. What? Sorry, Sorry, just going. I'm just getting you off track. <laughs> no, no, no. This is good. I like I like off track. We found out Henrik Lundqvist, who yeah, that's too bad. Officially out. Washington was made these trades, and they found, and it was even before Lundqvist said he had some setbacks and just rest and recovery. Obviously, I think even when we talked about it, we kind of knew it was a pipe dream, and it would have been great for the playoffs. Right, would have given me a team to cheer for in the. MasterCard East, is that what we're calling that? Uh, I can't I, remember what it is now, but that's something like that. I feel like they don't even say it in broadcast. The only no, time I ever hear it is, would the, is the Scotiabank North Division. Right. You think they talk about it more because you think those people that sponsor these divisions, I'm sure they paid some big bucks for them to be called that, that they would make all the TSNs of the world out there have to say it yeah. rather than just the East. Or maybe, maybe we should talk to them. Maybe they'll give us some cash, and we'll make sure we include the, the MasterCard. Honda, the Honda North Division. That's right. the only one I remember, okay. actually. One of them is Mass Mutual. Then the, at that point, we're only missing one. Right. I can't think of what the fourth one is. Right. Yeah, no, it's too bad. It, you know, it's it's too bad he's not playing, but my God, he had heart surgery. <laughs> so The fact that it was I mean? even a possibility. Yeah, that goes to show you the modern medicine, right? And just a hockey player that said he wanted to come back. Yeah. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers got stomped on Saturday against Calgary and a Calgary team that had just been kind of on the downturn. Connor McDavid then talked about because on Saturday it was the memorial service for Colby Cave and right. the Oilers then played after and McDavid criticized the league for scheduling a game after the memorial. Nah. It, it, like 
you are it gets it's a tough time and it, yeah. it does, if i knew edmonton was doing that before the game right. or had that before the game i would have taken calgary your mind is just it's not focused on hockey at that point right it's something that was bigger than the game yeah I, you, and, and you know getting back to hockey i've been really disappointed with the battle of alberta because there's been no battle it's, it's been like I've taped every way. yeah I've taped every game expecting fireworks right like that was what it was last year the only I know they played each other less but but you, you know, still probably, had Lucic versus yeah it was, yeah it was always something exciting going on right and nothing I think Zach Cassian also being out is yeah that's that. probably yeah yeah that's probably dulled the uh, Battle of Alberta so. Anyway, disappointed all year with that series. Maybe maybe next year we get Cassian back, full full crowd, Daryl Sutter. It right. just sounds like a recipe. And then they just play each other five times a year instead of ten. Uh so the Leafs beat the Senators six five in a really thrilling game. I'm just gonna say it. I I think that was a concerning game for the Leafs. Yeah. Again, the Leafs are fine in their own division. It's when they have to play somebody else. Outside their division, they're going to find it's tough. And you know what? It's a good thing they're not playing Ottawa in the first round because they might be the team that gives them the biggest battle in this division. That's, because they played them tough all year. That's what right? I... Like, they've kind of controlled... The Battle of Ontario has yeah. been better than the Battle of Alberta. Yeah, and this isn't like the early 2000s. No, where you're looking at two good teams. No. There's definitely one better team than another. But if you're the Leafs, these are the games we've seen the Leafs play the first few years of this kind of, like, Matthews-Marner. You win these 6-5 games. But I found this year they've been so defensively responsible, and they've been in more of 2-1, 3-2 type of games. Why is it Ottawa that is giving – that's making me question if this team – not that they're – obviously they're really good. They're one of the best in the league. Right. But if you're losing to the last-place team in your – or not losing, if you're almost losing – but they have lost to Ottawa. Yeah, a couple of a times. A few times, yeah. And I guess it's yeah, it's definitely a good thing they don't have to see them in the first round of the playoffs because I think Connor Brown now falls into the echelon of Leaf Killers. Exactly. And honestly, I'm going to hitch my wagon to the Senators team because they also are getting two guys from college hockey, Shane Pinto and Jacob Bernard Docker. I don't know if they're going to play in the next few weeks. But in the next couple of years, this Senators team, I'm starting to – not believe what Mark Mathot said a couple weeks ago, or however long ago it was, about the Senators being better than the Leafs in a couple of years. I think this is going to be a very competitive rivalry in the next few years. If the if the ownership changes, if not, Melnick doesn't spend. That's it, that's his problem. He's going to have a good team, and then he'll just be one or two superstars away from being a great team, and he won't spend. And he won't keep enough of those guys, right? He'll, he'll get rid of them for even younger guys. Yep. Um, I also wanted to bring up, because Austin Matthews, and he scored again tonight against Montreal, Yep. I wanted to know how many, just this doesn't have to be uh, how many people, but how many scorers would you take over Austin Matthews? Obviously, this year he's leading the league, but I yep. wonder just in general. Not many. He's right up there. So I feel like Ovechkin was my first thought. Like, I would take Ovechkin over Matthews. Like, this year? Like, no, you're talking just, about just in general. In general. Just in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say he's definitely a, a scorer. Ovechkin. After Ovechkin, I just kind of thought, well, like, people talk about Patrick Laine as a scorer, but yeah. I would rather have Matthews. Yeah, he's just hot and cold. Like, if you can get if you get Laine when he's hot, I would take Laine for sure. 
but it, he's not consistent. That's his problem. And Stamkos, I guess. Like, I, after like Ovechkin. Pasternak, I would say, again, when he's playing well. But, yeah, there's no one. To me, in, it'd be Matthews. Yeah, especially this year. Then, especially this year, for and, sure. And him and Marner have really... They're clicking. They they know... Yeah, that's why I'm thinking, who cares who the third winger is on that line? Yeah, you could throw... And right. I think it's honestly better when Hyman... Hyman is really good on that line. But yeah. if he's at the bottom of your lineup, it he makes the lower lines better. Like, yeah. he makes the third line better. That's right, yeah. Um, I think that... Oh, so if the playoffs happen today, these would be our matchups. So... A matchup we're seeing tonight, Toronto-Montreal, which that would just be great with a full with a full crowd. Correct, yeah. Uh, and then we would get Winnipeg-Edmonton, which right now, which team would, would you take? Winnipeg. It just feels like Edmonton, especially when they put McDavid and Dreisaitl together, it just feels like that's all their offense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they just don't have any depth. If, if it was NBA, it would be fine because you could get McDavid and Dreisaitl to play. 47 minutes a game and then you're fine yeah but it, it's the nhl it doesn't work that way you need depth they don't have any and the west division we would see colorado st louis yep st louis has definitely been on a bit of a hot streak right and they were cold and that's why they are where they are colorado though just looks not unbeatable because no team is but it right. just looks like if they have consistent enough goaltending that they can outscore anyone yep and then Vegas, Minnesota, which has been some really exciting games this year. Absolutely. That that division and the Tampa Bay division are both must-see TV for games. At least top end. Actually, I guess the Central Even, is a little more. Yeah. like the, the, I'd watch almost any of those games. Very entertaining hockey. Uh, in the East division, currently Washington will play Boston in the 1-4 series. Yep. Bo- both teams that bought yep. and... I I feel like if Pasternak shows up, yep. I feel like it would be Boston just because I don't trust Washington's goaltending. Exactly. That's yeah. I'm surprised they didn't go out and get a goalie. And then for insurance, at least, yeah, have a third goalie. And then Islanders Penguins, which I, I love the Penguins and Sidney Crosby. It just doesn't seem like they would mesh well or play well against the Islanders. Yeah. To me, that's the one division that's you could just I don't whoever you tell me is going to win that division. Sure, I believe you. Especially it's just so open. Even Pittsburgh, because you just go, yeah. oh, that means Crosby and Malkin probably went insane. That's right, exactly. They all have their flaws yeah. in that in that out of those teams. That that's the problem. Am Am I wrong to just kind of want and wish a first round Washington Pittsburgh? Because I feel like those are the two most flawed teams, and I think obviously you get Crosby Ovechkin. Right. Yeah, and, and it's kind of sad that you know the playoff. If the playoffs started today, it doesn't matter when they start in six weeks. You're probably naming the same matchups, unfortunately. At least not too far off. Yeah, at least to me, at least these are. I'd say fifteen of the playoff teams I trust are going to be there. So who's your outsider? That comes to our last division, the Central. Okay. So Carolina sits in first, and Nashville's in fourth. Nashville is my team of they've played themselves into a playoff spot. At this point, it just feels like, can Dallas catch them? What about Chicago? They're there. They're four points back. But again, to me, it's you gotta you have to have Jonathan Taves back. Uh, is Nashville getting any of their superstars back? 
Like, aren't they missing Duchesne and Forsberg? They like I watched their last time they played Detroit, and none of those guys were in the lineup. I mean, and uh, the defenseman, uh, Ryan Ellis. Yeah, that's who. That's the, three guys right there. Maybe that's why they they didn't make any trades. You put those three guys in the lineup, and that's a pretty good team. Um, checking now for injuries. Oh, they're both on yeah injured reserve. Yeah, labeled week to week. Uh, Forsberg's week to week. Um, three to five weeks for Duchesne, but that was uh, a month ago. Okay. So he should be back within the next week. And Taves week. is out for the year officially or just no talk? Like, they haven't even said what he's got. Now, is he just depressed? Or, you know what I mean? Like I actually think that is what it is. Yeah. Or, so, like, just something personal. Right. Because I'm pretty sure, yeah, it just says undisclosed. <clears throat> uh, And he was placed on long-term injury reserve. So right. they saved his money from that. They just don't have Chicago. Just doesn't have the depth. The, Chicago's like the Edmonton. I can't believe I'm saying this. They're, Edmonton East is like the Chicago West. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because they're in that that section. But anyway, that's the problem with Chicago. You got Demarkin and Kane, and then some other guys that are filling in, playing well, but they don't have enough depth. So maybe then Nashville, because Nashville was my only team really that I question out of the 16 playoff teams. I'm going to have to listen to our first podcast when we predicted our... The playoffs? Yeah, at the beginning of the year. I remember I... I think we're pretty close. I reluctantly picked Florida, and now now I feel better about that. But I think when I when I said I picked Florida, I was betting on Bobrovsky being good this year. Right. Not yeah, him being the backup. Yeah. And then that 2-3 matchup would be Tampa Bay, Florida. Out of all of – so the, the top three, two of them are going to have to play each other. Is Tampa Bay, Florida the best first-round matchup we could get? Yeah, but it won't be. Tampa Bay will finish first. So Carolina, Florida. <clears throat> yes, that's what will happen. I, I don't want to guarantee it, but I'm pretty sure. if The way Tampa Bay just made those moves and they're getting Kucherov back. But you said he's not coming back before the playoffs. No, okay. game one of the playoffs, Kucherov's <clears throat> leg will be magically healed. Yeah. Okay. So they could run through the playoffs even more than they might have now. I and Tampa made a good move on, in the back end. Their goal, they got another goalie, didn't they? Did they? No, oh, maybe they didn't. I think they traded a goalie to get Clayson. Oh, okay. Um. So that is the NHL for unless you have anything else for them, the NHL. NHL. Nope. Uh, the NFL, we had a surprise retirement, and it's really the only piece of news that kind of started very slowly today. But uh, Julian Edelman failed the physical, was had his contract terminated by the Patriots, and then because of those knee issues, he right. retired. That's sad, eh? Like, of all the leagues, the NFL is definitely the worst when it comes to that kind of stuff because you – like. If you didn't mention that to me today, probably three years from now, I'd say, whatever happened to Edelman? Like, yeah. I think of that when I'm watching a game and I'll see a number and I'll go, that should be so-and-so. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah. yeah, sorry. Terminated his contract, bad health or knees and done. Yeah. Right? Like, they just treat these guys so terribly. I was ready to count because I saw when I started making my notes, I saw it was just his contract was terminated. And I just said, oh. He's going to walk himself down to Tampa Bay. Yeah, really. And now he retires. Obviously, I'm a very successful career. I'm going to say the 
little selfish part of me is very happy I don't have to see him anymore. Right. Although I know the next couple of days I'm going to have to see that Super Bowl catch. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Is that that's not better than the Tyreek? It's right? pretty close. But like I, that's his competition. That's that sucks for me. That it's an unbelievable catch. I won't deny that. But it yeah. just I that kind of hurt more than actually losing the Super Bowl was that play. It, and again, not taking anything away from Tyrese, but you knew he caught it right from the get go. Yeah, that, that is true. That, it was almost the replay that got me on the Edelman one because I because I was that's not a catch. Right, and then when you see it, it's like, oh my god! He a- he actually like, pulled it centimeters from the ground. Yeah, like it was just yeah, yeah. It it hurts, but uh, the Masters we had a. I'm just gonna say, not I don't want to say not eventful because Hideki Matsuyama absolutely dominated Saturday, putting himself into the lead, except for the first shot. Because when you texted me, I went. Oh, no one's catching him today. I went, hold on a second. He just put one in the bush on the first shot. And from then on, he was a robot. It just, it it didn't seem like he could miss anything. Except for 15. He makes a mistake. But he's up so much by then because the other guys were struggling to try and catch him that it didn't matter at that point. And even a guy like uh, Xander, it's Shofley, right? Shoffley? Yeah. I couldn't... I, every time I hear it, and it's just a name I can never pronounce. Right. There was a point he missed a shot, and it, he was about to eat his club. Like, he was just that frustrated. On 16? Yeah. When he put it in the water? Again, because he knew he had to go for it, and he said that, like, I'll be able to sleep tonight, because I, I, he basically was trying to either go for a hole-in-one or have a tap-in for a two, because of what happened at 15. So, like, these guys... They use the emotion of what's happened, and they try and push it, right? So if you go back to 15, uh, Hideki puts it in the water, right? And then what does – what's his name again? Xander. Is that his first name? Uh, Chofley. Chofley? Yeah. We call him Chef. I I call him Xander. Xander, That makes it it easier for me. If Xander hits that um, bunker shot, which he almost did. Yeah. Just imagine, right? And then he doesn't put that one in the water. We could be talking about uh, a whole different ending than the Masters. And again, Hideki played like a robot after that first shot. And okay, 15, if you want to say that was his second mistake of the day. Other than that, he didn't make any mistakes. No. It, it was almost boring. That's why on, on the 17th when he missed the one putt and he had a tap-in to win by one shot and that's what made me think of that shot at 15 that he missed out of the bunker he hits that it's a tie yeah. he missed that there's all maybe he's trying a little harder on a three-foot putt maybe and he still wins by one then mm-hmm. but yeah it just made me think if he hit that that's a huge swing in that tournament but that was the only excitement unfortunately that whole tournament uh not the whole tournament but that whole final round because jordan spieth just couldn't quite he was close he just couldn't quite get things on track and when he did he'd do well for two or three holes and then he'd lose a stroke he just he was almost there yeah and that that was the guy we said on friday that if someone was going to make a run it was him and i think even the commentators you could hear them trying to go okay here it comes here comes the speed run but it's not 2015 anymore right just until and when he won the tournament last week that was his first win in three years yeah yeah no he struggled for sure and the other disappointment as a Canadian was Connors. 
He just like where is he? Like he was in supposed to be in the third last pairing, and they didn't even show him like hardly it because well obviously he was minus seven I think, and then the next team I looked at, wanted to see him at least on the scoreboard, and then when it was scrolling I couldn't see him. So like how far down did this guy go? Right, but yeah, he lost five strokes. Yeah, right. But I don't even know how though because they never even showed it. You know what I mean? Usually they they'll at least show a few replays. Oh, this is what happened to. Connors, I guess, because he's Canadian, so they're not gonna, you know what I mean. If it was Spieth, which you know they showed him quite a bit, right? But yeah. they, Con, they at least I know he didn't play well and he missed some shots. Show me what he missed, though. Yeah, I, I don't know why they they didn't, but because he was in contention. Yeah, as well. That was my only beef. And the the story we saw of uh, Will Zalatoris. Just he felt like Spieth in the same way of he was just he was so close but he was just always a he's step a, behind. He's a kid. I really liked him. You know what I really like about him? He does not take any time. He just goes up and hits the ball. He's not like okay angle. I've got this. I got it. He's not Nadal. Yeah. You know after he, before each shot, he was cool as a cucumber. I was cheering for him because uh, yeah, he's a, he's a young kid, right? Like he just I just like the way he swings. I like his attitude. Yeah. Outside, yeah, outside of that, because Hideki was so so good, it just like you look at the top of the board, and the only guys we didn't talk about, John Rahm actually thought if he was in one of those last two groups, right? I think he, he would have had a better shot because he had the best round of the day for sure. He was like minus six, I think, on the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Justin so, Rose, who led just, the first two rounds, yeah, and then, just was even. Really, basically, right? He hit, it was nice. He hit a nice, like twenty-five foot shot on his last uh, on eighteen. But yeah, he just he struggled. It was too little, he too struggled. late. The fun thing I enjoyed about that Sunday is outside of Jordan Spieth, we didn't really have any of like the big name superstars. It was just no. kind of nice to watch them just focus on the player and not the star power of the player. Right, right, yeah, because the other guys weren't there. But I guess Chef has been a second or third place. I don't remember him at all, but they've been saying he's been second or third at the Masters. I don't. I don't recall. Even Justin Thomas, like he just kind of yeah. really fell out of contention. He was like Connors. It's almost like those. Okay, we'll get those two guys to play together here near the end because yeah, they just became non-existent, right? Just became the Hideki show. But I was cheering for him. Like all of Japan, I get there was a lot of pressure on this guy, right? So it was it was nice to see him win. He he looks like a good person. It's just too bad you can't really understand him. And it it, it was funny because Jim Nance he, he was struggling with who to look at when he was asking the questions, right? In the to give him the green jacket. That's the other thing I, I felt bad for Dustin Johnson because he missed the cut and then he just had to stay there until Sunday to hand over the next jacket. Right. Also, um, I really liked his uh, Hideki's uh, caddy. After he put down the flag at 18, he bowed to the course. Oh, he did, eh? Yeah, oh. I just, it was really cool. Right. It was just a nice moment of... It was also his moment to kind of take in what they had just gone through together. Right, right. Now, and... Pretty much us as golf fans, we're pretty much just major fans. I know you say you're a Masters fan, but I know even the U.S. Open, I know will be on at least on a Sunday. Right. But outside of that, like keeping up with golf week to week is even tennis. As much as we'd love tennis, it's just too there's difficult. So, yeah, there's so much of it. It's hard to, to keep up. So, yeah, like even tennis, which I like more than golf, I just watch the, the majors. And I'll watch the Canadian Open. So yeah. I won't lie. So that's kind of like. But that's my... also like you'll go to it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. 
It's a little, it's a little yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to the NBA where um, Gary Trent Jr. I'm not going to make you talk about the Raptors okay. as a whole because I know we're not, we're not. Again, I said he's the bright spot. Yes, he was the bright spot again. 44 points, yep. and really the has to be the new, the newest fan favorite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would say that. And uh, is it Malik Flynn? Oh, Malachi. Malachi. He's actually played much better as well. Giving giving him the minutes, yeah, it's, just this is what getting, he needs. Letting him play, right? So, yeah, he's played much better as well. So it's nice to see that. Again, I'm not spending more than 15 minutes usually watching a Raptors game. Again, just waiting for that time as I'm fast-forwarding when they fall apart. And again, it happened. Even even, And that's why I came into Sunday because the Flyers had come off beating the Bruins and the Raptors right. beat the Cavaliers. I was like, right. okay, maybe Monday I could talk about maybe Some these momentum. teams will make the playoffs. Then no. I see the Taylor Hall trade, the Raptors lose to the Knicks. And right. uh, the, my one question, I guess, outside of that is, did you watch any Kem Birch? Any who? Kem Birch, the newest Raptor. Oh, don't the even center. know. Oh, right, yeah. I didn't even really pay attention to him, to be honest with you. I seen, is it Hood or Foot? Hood. Hood, he played a few minutes, but yeah. Again, I'm not watching enough of it to look at those kids. I'm just kind of watching Trent play a, a little bit. But I'm again, I'm not spending a lot of time. I'm just watching to see how they lose. It's like the Falcons. It's like the Atlanta Falcons of the NBA. How are they going to lose today? Again, and I was surprised the Knicks were under 500. I thought they were having a good year, to be honest with you, but... I guess it's a good year by their standards, yeah, right? They're still going to be a playoffs. Yeah, I just and again the Celtics are they five hundred now? Do they win last night or are they actually two games over five hundred? Because I if I was a Celtics fan right now, oh my god, there'd be I I I might be fast forwarding as quickly through the games as, as I am the Raptors. They should they should be a top three mm. or four seed. Although oh. on I think it was Friday night, Jason Tatum had the fifty three point performance, which. Him and Jalen Brown have to be the heroes of that team. That's why come playoff time, they're going to have to play a Brooklyn, Milwaukee, or Philadelphia. And right. Unless it's Brown and Tatum combining for like 80 points yeah. every night. Right. It's they're just gonna not going to happen. Um, the funny thing about Tatum scoring 53 is that he said his son wasn't there for it, so that he's going to have to do it again in front of his son. Mm. So that was, that was nice, especially for the Celtics, who are clearly having a rough year. Right. Uh, on Saturday night, which I was going to bring it up because ESPN has gotten absolutely screwed on these uh, Saturday night games. Because this weekend, if you just hear it and you go, Lakers, Nets, oh, this could be an NBA Finals preview. For sure, yeah, yeah. Except when you look and you see almost Everyone's everyone out. out of the lineup. You get to see LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma. Coaching. Yeah, cheering, cheering for... Andre Drummond, which right. is pretty much what the matchup was. The Lakers wow. still dominated, and pretty surprisingly, it was Kevin Durant's second game back, so he's yeah. still working up to speed. Sure. Come playoff time, if everybody's healthy. In the lineup? Um, no, I don't think so. And oh. Kyrie Irving is out again because of personal reasons. Wow. Yeah, it's... It's a mess in the East, to be honest with you. They should take two teams from the West to play in the... <laughs> NBA Finals this year. 
Anyway, uh, carry on. So the Kyrie Irving, uh, he fouled Dennis Schroeder, and Schroeder right, then see that. he clapped and he said thank you, and he was talking right. about how he was hit, kept hitting him on his arms. Right. And then Kyrie just got right in his face. Yeah, he just kind of lost it. And it's and it's not like Schroeder was doing it at Kyrie. That's no, what I was confused yeah, exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah, because even Schroeder was like, "Are you talking to me?" Like, <laughs> like he was almost like surprised. You could tell, like, he, he didn't know what he was mad about. Yeah. And they both get technical fouls, get kicked out of the game, because that's the NBA now. As soon as there's any argument, it's technical foul and kick these guys out of the game. That's perfect. Get your superstars out of the game for those guys that are paying the primetime tickets to go watch them play. And there's already guys missing from the lineup. So let's get everybody out of the lineup. Just let all the backups play. Yeah, yeah. That's who I came to watch. John Smith, <laughs> the white guy, six foot eleven. Get him off the bench there. Um, so the Lakers did give us a reported update on Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So apparently Davis is 10 to 14 days away from coming wow. back. Wow. And LeBron is apparently still three weeks away. Is this the longest that LeBron's been out of the lineup ever? Like he never seems to be hurt. The only time I could think of, and I don't think they ever said it was because he wasn't hurt at the end of his first year with the Lakers, they weren't making the playoffs. He, I think he oh, right, missed right. the last few weeks of the yeah, season. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Outside of that, no, this is a yeah. pretty. This it's is not even a load management type of player, eh? Like he no. just plays. This is a significant because it's a, it's while LeBron's a contender and he actually got injured. Right, and and you're saying you're the Lakers will be lucky if they make the playoffs, right? Like they're falling oh, fast. Not, not now. Oh, like they'll not, still make oh, the playoffs. Okay. okay. I guess their only real concern is if they keep losing, they might end up in the play-in games. Right, or they won't get home court. Yeah. Right. Okay. Which if they're really if you have LeBron and Anthony Davis back healthy, it just doesn't really seem like there's any team that could stop them. Right. And honestly, it might work out for them if they have to go into a playing game because then they would end up playing uh, Phoenix or Utah, which LeBron and Anthony Davis, as much as this Utah team is really good and they deserve respect come playoff time, Utah's second best player isn't going to be able to be on the court. Right. Because centers are not obsolete, but centers that don't shoot threes or free throws, those are obsolete. Right. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, so we talked about the Tatum, Zion Williamson. I just, he's somehow underrated. I think, I feel like everyone was so excited for his first year. And now everyone forgets how good he is. Cause he's playing in new Orleans. Yeah. The market, which Anthony Davis was at putting up Tim Duncan numbers at yeah. one point, And that's the only time they really paid attention to him. Right. He scored 37 and 38 over the weekend in two separate games. I just wanted to give him that credit, and I hope, especially now, Golden State's missing James Wiseman. He tore is it? something in his knee, right? so he's out for the year. Now I hope this is New Orleans' chance to make the play-in tournament, right? which I also do have to correct with the play-in tournament. Uh, it's not working the same way as the bubble last oh, year. Okay, It's only a one-game. Oh, play. that's it. One-game winner moves on. So it's uh, the seven and eight seed play, yep. and I think it's this. I'm pretty sure. So, and then whoever wins that game becomes the seven seed. Oh, I see. And the loser of that game goes, or the nine and ten seeds play, and whoever wins, whoever wins the nine one ten game. and loses the seven eight game play right, for play the eight seed. Oh, okay. So only one game, which I guess they did that for the bubble because there's no travel. But also, if it was at in a home team stadium, you could play two games. Right, right. And okay. you could space them out with the two conferences. 
I was going to do a check on the standings, but I, th- I think we're still a couple weeks away from worrying about that. Especially right. in the East, it's it's pretty set. Right. With the 10 teams. Um, I put Dunk of the Year candidates. Obviously, this is an audio platform, so we can't show you the dunks. Miles right. Bridges and also the Charlotte Hornets commentators are just third-peer entertainment. They could show LaMelo Ball on the bench, and they just get so excited. Really, yeah? They're the most outgoing and outlandish miles bridges did have a realistic chance for dunk of the year and it was the hornets it was their chance to shine the commentators and it it seemed like in all of yesterday there were about five candidates for dunk of the year wow and obviously can't show them but it was cool miles bridges i think was the best one uh we also found out that alex rodriguez and it's our kind of connection to the mlb when we go there after this uh, him and billionaire Mark Lore are buying the Timberwolves. Wow. Did you see how much they are buying them for? I'm going to guess um, $850 million. Okay. A little higher. So $1.5 billion, mm. Which I'm honestly, from how much Steve Ballmer paid for the, the Clippers, obviously this is the Timberwolves, so it's not a great right. market. Yeah, that's why I kind of lowballed it. I'm honestly surprised. I'm I am surprised it's in the billions, but I guess there's the NBA is that profitable yeah. that they can pull up a team like a franchise like the Timberwolves. Right. Um, it's cool though. I mean, honestly, outside of just saying, "Oh, he's the owner now," it doesn't really have that much more effect. They're not planning on moving them. I was interested to if right. if you go to somewhere like Seattle, that's. I don't think the NBA should expand. I definitely think if it's not Minnesota, I'm sure there's a franchise out there you yeah. could move. I don't, I don't know if the franchise is doing well in Minnesota or what the scoop is there, but be interesting to see. Minnesota's just going through some other tough stuff going on there right now. So. Yeah. Uh, in the MLB, we had the first ever no hitter in San Diego Padres history by San Diego born Joe Musgrove. I just finished the Pittsburgh Pirates on our baseball magazine so i'm almost done um i was reading that today and guess who the first two pitchers come up because again this is printed in january right uh so i'd say musgrove is yeah. one of them yeah and who would have still been a pirate at that point uh like chris archer tyone oh <laughs> so their top two pitchers well they'll be okay if these two guys are there and neither one are there right and they just thought yeah musgrove just hit it just pitched a no hitter almost a perfect game Right, he, he hit, hit one uh, guy, Joey Gallo. Yeah, but that's awesome, right? And I, it's so weird that they were the last team that did not have a no hitter, and now they do from a homegrown guy. Yeah, I think that just kind of proves how just bad the Padres franchise has been forever, um, and how bad the Texas Rangers are. <laughs> yeah, the the other part of it I found interesting was Victor Caratini, the catcher for the Padres, as actually caught. This and the last no-hitter in Major League Baseball. Oh, wow. So back in September, Alec Mills with the Chicago Cubs threw a no-hitter. Okay. So I don't remember that. First catcher to ever do that. Oh, that's impressive. Um, Yeah, like you said, having a homegrown guy just makes that even more sweeter for that yeah. franchise. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies and Atlanta Braves had a pretty controversial ending to their game Sunday night, or I guess last night. Um, Again? Alec, <laughs> Alec Baum, who was tagging up from third base, uh, was called safe. He did not touch home base, home plate at all. 
or at least it was close. They went to instant replay and still right. called them safe. Wow. And Braves fans responded by throwing debris on the field, which was the bad side of having fans back. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which Dansby Swanson called the fan reaction embarrassing, which I'm sure he just said that instead of calling the league dumb for calling it wrong. Calling it wrong on the field is one thing. Right. Going to replay and still making the wrong call is a reason why. And a lot of people say this, that we shouldn't have instant replay. Because um, I was looking at watching highlights this morning or yesterday, and there was a team that wanted to, it was a uh, possible double play, and the team wanted a replay for the play at first. Oh, I did see this. And when they looked at the replay, the guy didn't touch second, so he was safe. It's almost like they should have said, no, no, don't, don't worry about this replay. We're, we're good. I've never seen a replay backfire like that. Yeah, but because normally when, again, baseball must be different because usually when you are um, looking at a replay, it's specifically for one thing, right? So, you know, the manager would come out and say, I, I don't think he, I think he was safe at first. or I, I didn't know that they can actually look at the whole play because I know in the NHL you can't do that. It's not like you can say, well, I think he was offside and I think he was goalie interfering. You, you got to pick something, right? Yeah. They, I, they And they don't review it. They don't, it's not like, yeah, it was not goalie interference, but yeah, it was offside, right? They don't look at everything, right? Yeah. So I just thought that was kind of funny. I guess in baseball, you, they look at the whole play. Like, there's not much going on, right? It's a ball hit or whatever and what happened, but. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm, I'm gonna be i'm a huge defender for instant replay in all sports i just think we should change how it's done i don't think an umpire or referee should be making the call right and then oh i'm gonna review my own call i agree i agree it should be uh, a whole other set of umpires and referees or whatever up in the they, actually they don't have to be in new york or wherever they always say they are they can be there why yeah. can't why can't they be just be up beside the uh, broadcasters and say yeah no he was out Right. Yeah, a th and also just a third party that's hired by Major League Baseball that sure. doesn't have any bias and yeah. just as soon as okay, this is going to get reviewed, they review it and then they they should already be reviewing it like every close play. So then, as soon as they go upstairs, they already have an answer. So you're not. Dang it. I keep thinking of the Jeopardy song every time they're out there and it's taking 15 minutes to make a decision. I know it's not that long, but you know what I mean. They could sometimes it feels like that. Exactly. Yeah. And it should be a two-second of, oh, okay, no, it's this. Because if an umpire yes. is looking at his own call, as much as we don't want to say it, there's an ego involved. Absolutely there is. The fact that we know a guy like Angel Hernandez's name is not a good thing. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he blatantly made a mistake, admitted his mistake, but it's too late by that. Because, again, at the end of the day, what, what do we want? We just want the play right. Yes. Right? That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. The second line to that, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Right? If we can have an instant, instant answer. That's why it's called instant replay. Right? Not instant replay. Not 30-minute replay. Yeah. It, it's, and it's frustrating in every sport, especially yeah. baseball, because it's so too... Like, if it's a play at first base, it is just... Like milliseconds, you can't. Bl you're never gonna blame an ump for calling the guy out or safe, and you and they get it wrong. Yeah. It's a bang bang. It's just like we talked about for that football with Edelman. Like yeah. I would have called it incomplete. For I sure. don't care, right? I'm there. Mm -hmm. Would have been down on the ground, and yeah, I, I don't think that's complete. You know what I mean? <laughs> Until so, you slow it down to one one hundredth of a second. Exactly. 
right? and that's why I notice it a lot more now that an umpire, when there's a very close play, they kind of take a second before yeah, they make their call because now they know they can get second guessed, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's too, it's kind of too bad, but again, get it right, but do it quickly. And it, it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe there's something we're missing that it is a lot more difficult to do what we're suggesting. I don't think so. It just, I, I don't. I'll, we could do it. Uh, right? I would, I would, if MLB's listening, you're looking for a couple of guys to make $100,000, <laughs> go on the road, we'll go do it. And we can do it quickly for you. Keep the game moving. We can look at any play. Actually, they might need to hire someone else to do Yankee games. Besides That's that, true. yeah, exactly. So yeah. we need two other people to do Yankee games. We'll do every other right. game. Yeah. But then I won't get to see my Yankees. But you can, we'll watch them on TV. Right. And then if there's a close call that they get wrong and it, hurts the yankees we can call our other group and yell at them right and again that's why i don't i don't watch sports live very often because that would frustrate me that's saturday it. afternoon and i'm sitting not going outside because it's nice out because i'm waiting for a 30 minute call as he's safer out uh the jays who i think of we've seen have had their struggles before we thought it was pitching they had an offensive outburst against the angels they beat them 15 to 1 they scored seven runs in one inning and it's still not my takeaway. I just I feel bad. Dexter Fowler tore his ACL yeah, out that, for the year. Exactly, because they originally called it a, a bruise. I mean, there's no way it's a bruise if he can't get up, right? Like he needed help. He needed uh, the cart and everything, right? Yeah, that's that's too bad. That's such a downer in an Angels season that I, I felt like this this could have been the year we actually get Mike Trout in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. If they they're Saving Grace would have to be making big moves at the deadline for some pitchers. Yeah. Did they have a makeup date? Because I guess the they were rained out yesterday, right? The Jays and Angels. Uh, I, I didn't. If they've the, made, they I, usually make it up right away and say it'll be played at this date. Or I didn't see anything. No. Okay. Uh, the Red Sox have a five-game winning streak. I can't believe they're in first place. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say for that. Uh, let's do a Yankees update. No, okay. Boston just... I ragged on them for losing to Baltimore early in the year. It's early in the year. J.D. Martinez is having a good start. It does, yeah. To me, it doesn't matter what your record is. It's so early in the year. It, it really is. It, it's like that Cleveland fan calling in. Oh, yeah. Right? In like, the first game of the season, freaking out. Exactly. You really, in baseball, the first 20 games is like the first five or ten in any other league. I was going to say, like game 50, I guess, is when you start going, is when I would start thinking, okay, where is everyone? Because 50 games, I think, is enough of a sample size to know what your team is. Sure. And again, last year, that's the end of your year, right? You're already past the deadline, and this is what you got. I think think that's what was fun about baseball last year is how we were just dropped in the middle of a pennant race. And the one thing I did kind of like about it, and I I haven't really heard much talk about it, is having a two seasons. So you play 81 games, and then whoever wins the divisions, you're in the playoffs. But then we start over again. So then that way there could be more teams in the playoffs. So let's say you win your first 81 games, and the Yankees win the American League East, and then they win the second while you get a bye. Because now you've won the first half of the first of the season and they also win the second half again they were just trying to get more teams because you know how some teams get hot oh it's too bad they they're getting hot now they were 30 games under 500 and they finished 500 yeah right where if they have two half seasons then they're actually in the playoffs i think they were just looking at ways to get more teams um involved like they did last year but for a different reason obviously but it was more interesting you have more cities more teams 
Right. I'm I've I'd never heard that idea. I'm already oh. fully on board. If I get and you split so you play the first eighty one games, you have your all star so, break and, Right. Exactly. And whoever's there, okay, here's your division winners from so at least they know they're in. Yeah. Right? So then now start over again. So hey, guess what? The team that lost fifty games in the first you still got a chance. You could still make right? the playoffs. Yeah. It what? might change the way the deadline goes. More, right, because you buyers. might not be. Yeah, you might not be selling, but I just I liked it because it was like I said, it just it's, makes it more interesting. It's it's also it's different. It's almost like you get two pennant races. Yeah, exactly. Right, and more teams in the playoffs. I don't think anybody was watching the MLB playoffs last year, the qualifying round, whatever they called it, and went, "Ugh, it's too many teams." Right, like no, who, who was... cares that the Blue Jays lost two out of three, two two of two games right. to Tampa Bay? Right. Nobody. It, Got them playoff experience, right? And it was fun to watch. Yeah, it's all the playoffs are fun to watch. Uh, Sorry, Yankee update. Yeah, Yankee update. So, I think the big one, and uh, we didn't bring it up yet, but it's yep. all all Minnesota sports are not playing today after the shooting of twenty-year-old Dante uh, Wright. I almost said Dante West. Uh, Dante Wright after, and this is again just horrible things happening in the United States when a cop yells taser and it's a gun. Like, it's just right. not what should happen fully. And I know Aaron Boone's with Hicks on this one, fully supporting him. If especially I and that's the thing, I kind of forgot he played in Minnesota. So yeah, this he's is something not from there. No, but he played there. And it's just it had he has that much of a connection to it that this really hurt him yeah. in that community. The Timberwolves, the Minnesota Wild, all not playing today. The Twins were going to play the Red Sox. Right. I think this is the perfect kind of protest because if someone gets mad about it you can just you know what side that they're not on the right side of history yeah exactly then you're not thinking sports because this is not sports related at all and it just i can't believe it this continues to happen in minnesota which in my mind minnesota is probably as close as you can get to canada yeah and like in terms of how they think and feel and i've been there many times felt very comfortable but yeah just it just shocks me to be honest with you so we hope to see Aaron back with the with the Yankees at some point. Obviously, we want him to take all the time he needs. Again, getting back to sports. Yeah, he needed the day off. He has not played well. No, he needed he needs a couple of days off. I think just to kind of get refocused because he's the kind of guy that walks a lot to get on base, and he's you could see he's struggling because he's swinging at bad pitches, which he doesn't normally do. And it gave Aaron Boone the chance to change up the lineup, which Absolutely, is yeah. what I advocated for. And they really, the Yankees treat DJ LeMahieu as the three-hole hitter. And whoever right. hits behind him is going to get an opportunity with someone, someone on base most of the time. Right. Uh, outside of that, uh, Domingo Armand was optioned after a bad start against the Rays. But that's not why he's down. They just they need some room for some other bullpen guys, and they don't need five starters right now because they have days off. So uh, he'll be back. He'll be back, but I also think this is this is also a wake up call to Armand. That oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Is, you're in a competition, and yep. if you keep pitching like this, yeah, you're there's be other in the guys bullpen. that are are as good as you, if not better. So yeah, it, it's up to you, right? If it's not you, the next guy's going to step in there and probably pitch better. Yeah. If, so it's if, good good competition within the team. Mm -hmm. Internal competition is never a bad thing, especially nope. among pitchers when you're all. It's not like you're cheering for someone else to pitch bad. Exactly. Exactly. And again, like I told you, that's why I'm not worried about the Yankees this year over other years. Uh, not that I, I worried about them, but I, th I actually think their pitching is better 
this year than it's been in the last three years. And they've always were talked about as a bullpen team, but now even with their deep bullpen, their rotation is kind of deeper. Exactly. Yeah, they got six starters, and another guy that really impressed me yesterday was uh, Arube, I think his name is, or Urbe. This guy is pitching 99 miles an hour like it's nothing, right? He came in to be the, I guess you want to call it the closer in the um, 10th inning when they were up by four, right? Mm-hmm. And they brought him in because uh, they brought in Chapman for the for the ninth. And he pitched the 10th and I was, who the hell is this guy? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him all. Like I watched all their spring training games. And, but again, I usually don't watch near the end when guys are trying to make the team. But I, I didn't even see this guy on the radar and. Yeah, he looks he looks as, as impressive as my uh, Lugie guy. Yeah, Lugie. That's a good. I don't think that's how you say, it, but it's still a yeah. good nickname for him. Uh, also, Rudnet Odor made his debut with the Yankees. Shaved his beard. Now he looks like Gollum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a good kick in the pants for that team. And I'm glad they said they sent Tyler Wade down because again, <laughs> never been a fan of him. Odor's got more offense, and he's I think he's just as good defensively. So I, I think that's a huge upgrade, and we got him for free, basically. Yeah, and it's he had the late hit against Tampa Bay, and it just seems right. like he can he can slide in on situations. He's not an everyday player. No, exactly, but he's a better not everyday player than Wade. As soon as I Wade's up to, I'm not watching the at bat. It's just. <laughs> He's just that's not his game at all, right? Like it's fine in the nineteen seventies and eighties. You need to you need to do both now. Yeah. Really. As a utility guy. Uh also uh Tero Estrada traded from the Yankees going yeah. to San Francisco for cash considerations, making a roster spot. They, they needed room, unfortunately, yeah, and he was one of the one of the um up and coming guys they thought, you know, would be good. But again, when you're deep, you can't keep everybody, right? So someone's got to go. And yeah, I was kind of disappointed to see him go because he actually had a pretty good spring. He had, he had a few dingers. Uh, that's all. Do you have any more Yankees update? Um, no, not other than you know the fact that we're gonna get Luke back soon, which is almost like a free trade, right? Like again, Bruce has stepped in. We I, I don't expect anything from some of these guys, right? And he's a guy I don't expect much from. He hasn't really done much it would have been nice if he hit a little bit better just to at least have that conversation that oh maybe we don't bring the home run king back you know what i mean but it, or or if no... it's like you give maybe they're splitting time more at first right base. right but it's not gonna happen yeah. right luke's luke's gonna be back and we're i think we're still even at this point two months away from seeing what this yankee team really is yeah they you know what um Again, listening. I, unfortunately, I got to listen to the Jays broadcast, and it's just <laughs> bothering me because they're talking about stats. That if you watch the Yankees, yeah, that's a stat, but it's not the whole story. So they're talking about them getting outscored um, on the road so far this year, and you know, anyway, they're talking about that stuff. Um, really, the Yankees have been hitting well; they're just not hitting at the right times. Um, like finally. Uh, our third baseman has a great game yesterday Mm -hmm. and hit at the right time. Um, Same with Torres. He hit at the right time to like, there was a couple times, well, a couple times all year so far this year, just hit a single, Mm -hmm. just hit a single. And they're not right. The swing and a miss or a fly ball. And of course they're not a hit. They haven't hit nearly as many home runs as right. If, if judge and um, 
Stanton have only hit three home runs mm-hmm. so far this year between the two of them. Yeah, we're we're a little bit behind schedule, right? So again, they just times timely, just not getting timely hits, and that's why they're four and five right now. I've also lowered my expectations on Stanton that I'm kind of not expecting him to strike out, but I know he's a strikeout or home run type of hitter. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? There, there's a, only a few guys that I really watch. Judge, is, who's my favorite Yankee, I'll watch all of his at-bats. But Stanton, it just if he connects, it's going to be a, like a 500-foot home run. Like they're, It's not just a, is it going to be a home run? Oh, it's a like, wow, right? Like He's only hit one this year, but the one he hit was like three. He hit it so far, mm-hmm. right? But you're right. Yeah, he's he's definitely a strikeout. Or but that's the game of baseball now. It's not about uh, actually. You know what? Uh, uh, it, it, sorry, let me finish that. It's it's all about strikeouts and home runs now. But it was nice to see Stanton actually uh, in the second game against Tampa Bay, where they they played him to pull. Guess what he did? He just hit the ball the other way. I don't know why more guys don't do that. Or like we talked about before, bunt. Yeah, right. If, if I don't care if you're the you home wide run. open yeah. space. Why would you just not get on base? Like, who cares about the home run? Yeah, right. It, it's just, and then those guys will stop doing it. The teams mm-hmm. will stop doing it. If you bunt, if they give you that four times and you bunt twice, they're right. gonna stop doing exactly, it. Exactly, right? Or at least try hit it the other way. There's so many times when, again, this is another thing I don't understand. But again, pitchers are not always totally accurate. They'll hit they'll be pitching outside so just swing at that you're gonna hit it the other way there's nobody there Mm -hmm. so i don't know i think torres to me is the most frustrating guy because i just remember him especially that he had such a good 2019 playoff run he he did where he just had such timely hits exactly but now timely he's he's trying to be the home run king and he's just he's trying too hard he just hit singles and doubles you don't you you're gonna play baltimore 20 times this year, you're going to get your home runs, right? Because that's who he always plays well against. But, yeah, it, it just seems like they're they're struggling. But I think the game yesterday kind of got them out of that funk. Mm-hmm. The the extra inning winning over Tampa, I think that could be a bit of a turning point in ter- terms of their offense anyway. Because pitching-wise, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Really, I thought they had a good, like you said, they were known for the bullpen like two or three years ago. You had a guy for the sixth, the guy for the seventh, right? Like, here's your closer for the sixth. Here's your closer for your seventh. They don't really have that now, but they seem like they're deeper because they have more guys they can throw in there. And also, when you have Garrett Cole out there, who you know is pretty much, unless it's a really bad day, you know he's good for six or seven innings. Exactly. And my question is, again, off the Yankee t- t- topic, where did all the Tampa Rays go? Where are all the players? Like they, they're pitchers. I didn't recognize any. They brought in an opener, right? He hasn't pitched in two years, so he pitches two innings, and then they go to Waka, who to me has always been a St. Louis Cardinal. Yeah. So I've never seen him before. And then all these relievers they're bringing. Castillo was the only guy I recognized, and then they bring in all these other guys that these guys weren't in the World Series. None of these guys were. Yeah, they right? they've really turned their team around. Yeah, and I think honestly, getting rid of Blake Snell is a good thing for them because of what they want their team to be. Right, it's a bunch of bullpen arms and yeah. Tyler Glass now. Right, and if it works for them, Randy Rosarena, I thought he was going to come back slower. It seems I did like too. he is scary. 
He is scary. And for a Tampa Bay lineup that overall doesn't have that many power bats, it's, yeah. he is the scariest one. Exactly. The series this weekend, that was the only guy that, again, I was watching the entire at-bats because, oh, my, this is the guy that scared me. Especially because he's not just a first pitch, I'm going to swing. No. no work counts. Exactly. He's a Mookie Betts to me, right? A young Mookie Betts. Well, not that Mookie's that old, but you know what I mean? They yeah. just He was that kind of guy where, yeah, he's going to hit home runs, but he's going to get on base, he's going to steal, he's going to kind of do a little bit of everything. I'm almost kind of, I'm almost glad that that playoff run wasn't just an anomaly, that that's just who I think he is. And that's what I thought. I actually, I thought that's what it was. It was mm-hmm. Oh, he just had one good, you know, and COVID-19 it's... playoff run and that's the end of it. But no, yeah, actually, I think he's going to be a good player. Unfortunately for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, that's all I've got. Do you got one last thing before we go? No, no. Um, I was going to talk about the Masters, and then the I was going to talk about it feels like it's still COVID-19 for the Yankees because they're still just playing their own division. I just want to play somebody else, <laughs> anybody else. Because I see next week we're playing, I think we're playing Tampa Bay again. So it's just, it's weird. I just, okay, let's play the White Sox, right? Let's play Houston. I can't wait to play Houston. That that'll be fun. They've they're already they're, no the fans haven't forgotten no right like they're throwing garbage cans on the field. I love it. You have to, especially that they missed the entire year last yeah, year. Yeah, you don't you don't get a freebie just because of that. We haven't forgotten. No, right? you you have to take your you have to take your lumps? take your lumps. Yes, yeah. take your lumps. Yeah, it's going to be one year later, and but you're still going to have to take your lumps. You still cheated. You still made it to four championship series. You won a World Series. You lost the World Series, and. Even if you just cheated that one year, you still cheated and won a World Series. That's right. Exactly. I'm glad we still get to be a part of the Houston Astros hate train. That's right. All right. And besides that, we'll see you next time.